Thank you for that special music, Sarah. Appreciate that. It's been a wonderful service so far. Amen. And a guest musician all the way from Vegas. Where is he at here? There he is. Guest musician from Vegas. That was <clears throat> that was wonderful. And some of our own people here, our own members that God has been blessing, and uh, it's wonderful. Fun little kid story as well for the little kiddos. Real practical, practical story for the kids. And <coughs> to, the kid story reminds me that be, that that uh, beauty is definitely in the eyes of the beholder. As, as somebody got one of those cards and in the good stack that was being humble, and they didn't, they weren't sure it was a good thing. But uh, I'm getting just a little echo, and or actually a lot of echo and feedback on 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 the mic, but. May God bless and help us all that we see things His way. Amen. Let's, uh, let's have a prayer and we can uh, continue with our service. Father in heaven, we just want to pause one more time. We don't have to, but we want to. We, we want to just pause and ask that you would continue to guide us <clears throat> as we continue with our service and we, we, we get into your Bible that you would be speaking to us that it would be you, that you would guide us and lead us and encourage us and remind us that the best gift ever, and there's so many wonderful gifts, but the best one ever is Jesus, and all gifts flow through him. And we thank you for this, and we ask that you would just remind us of this in wonderful ways through the Scripture, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be starting in the Gospel of John. If you want to turn with me in your Bible or your smartphone, Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, one that we all know quite well, even the little pathfinders and adventurers probably have memorized and know it by heart. John three sixteen and 17, I'm adding 17 that, that sometimes people don't read uh, beyond 16, but for God so loved the world that he gave. What a Christmas verse. God so loved the world that he gave. And the gift he gave was his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. According to Karen Bennett from Bank Rate, Americans spent approximately $789 billion dollars on Christmas in 2022. Every year it goes up. I don't have the figures on last year, certainly not this year because it's not over yet. But in 2020, just in America, Americans spent approximately $789 billion on Christmas. Now that's presents, parties, travel, food, advertising, all things Christmas wrapped up together. Usually the busiest day of the year is Black Friday, the day right after Thanksgiving. It's the busiest shopping day of the year where some businesses, that's, that, that's where they make so much of their money it carries them through the rest of the year. Sometimes uh, people are so zealous to go out shopping and to save some money. I've seen people where they'll literally put up tents and they'll sleep on the, uh, at, the, at the curb at the entrance of a business so that they'll be the first or second in line to get a really big savings on Friday. 
And uh, this year, on Black Friday, Americans spent, just, just on those few hours on, on Friday, Americans spent over, I think it was nine point, at least the source I've read, $9.12 billion just on Friday. That's a lot of money. Some countries don't have that big of a budget for their whole country. And I realize everybody has a different, you know, their own unique understanding of Christmas. People do different things. But um, for a variety of reasons, people like gifts. For a variety of reasons. Whether you say it's good reasons, bad reasons, good motives, bad motives. People just like to give gifts and people like to receive them. They do it for birthdays. They do it sometimes at, at, uh, at work. They do it uh, at Christmas. They do it for birthdays. They do it at weddings. People like to give gifts and people like to receive gifts. Some people in some cultures, sometimes they give it for housewarming parties and for lots of things. People just enjoy gifts. And as I read the scripture, it's my understanding <coughs> that God is one of those individuals. God likes to give gifts. He gave us each the gift of life. He gave us each lots of gifts, one of which is right here in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, and you can by all means put your own little name right in there. For God so loved Sangeetha, Ranjit, Ebenezer, Stephanie, Danielle, Shireen, Felipe, Vivian. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loves people so much, he thought, I'm just going to give. And the, and the most precious, valuable, best gift in the whole world was his only begotten son. He loves us so much, he gave his only begotten son. A few years ago, I think it was three or four years ago, I was in Arkansas for the weekend. They, there was a church that invited me up there to uh, give a seminar on, on Revelation. So I was up there for a weekend. As I was giving the seminar, I was staying in the, the home of some friends of, of Danielle and mine that, that we knew. And they have three kids. And uh, the boy, he was eight years old at the time. And his name was Drew. And he was, they're one of the families that celebrate Christ, Christmas, you know, with the tree and the presents and all the pretty decorations. And man, he was really into it. More than one, I, I, I mean, I think he's, I haven't met everybody, obviously, but of the people I've met, he was at the top of the list. He was so into it. Man, was he organized. He, I, can you hand me that, Daniel? I should have brought it up with me. Bring that up to me. <clears throat> he basically had something like this. And I was staying at their house because we, we've known them uh, for years. And um, so the, their little boy, he had me sit on the couch and he, he brought out this booklet. It was a booklet. It's better than some middle school kids' little projects for school. <laughs> and he, he, he was nice about it, but he insisted I look through the whole thing. And it was, it was pages long and uh, organized. I mean, just put together so clean, and his twin sisters were younger. They couldn't write, so he's, he's being helpful, and he wrote it for them. 
There were several pages of pictures. Uh, I think there was, if I can remember now, there was like six pages of just pictures. And then there was about as many pages describing what they wanted and why it would be useful to have it. And he said, yeah, no, so page one here, this is for my sister. And two-thirds of it wasn't even for him. Wasn't even for him. He was just so excited that I would see, you know, what, what they envisioned for, you know, for himself, but also most of it as sisters. Oh, yeah, over oh, this, here's this my, for my one sister. And, oh, the dollies and chapstick and dresses and the cute little shoe. She's going to love that. And he just showing me, oh, this, it's like a workbook. It's like, man. <laughs> and it was, and it was so, I mean, I just, I thought it was amazing. He, as he's going through this whole thing, he knew the whole routine of, of you know, the picture and put it in there and highlight it. And, and he even, he said, Mark, he said, uh, he got these big old eight-year-old eyes. He said, Mark, he said, I, I've learned something. He said, when I, when I do this, when I put this together, and I share it with my mom and dad because, you know, spoiler, Santa, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. He says, when I, when I give it to my parents, man, Christmas morning under the tree, I, I get some of it. It's wrapped and it's fancy and it's pretty. We, I'm going to get, and he just showing me some more pictures. I'm going to get some of these. And my sisters, they're going to get some of this stuff. I know, and he's just so passionate, I know it. We're going to get some of this stuff. And I just thought, man, he's an eight-year-old little kid who's understanding what it means to ask, even for others, and to trust that you'll actually get it. And that reminds us of many places in the Bible. It does me. One of them is Matthew. You can turn with me if you'd like. Many people may not have thought of it as a Christmas verse, but God's good every day of the year. Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11. It made me think of this. Jesus himself said in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open for everyone, even eight-year-old little kids named Drew, who asks, receives. Those who seek will find. The ones who knock, the door will be opened. What man, what man among you who when your son asks for a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? Would you give him a rock? If your son asks for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? If you then, my translation says, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, your, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give what's good to those who ask? God is so generous, amen? <clears throat> Imagine some of those homeless people, and we, we all have different ways to pray, you know, sometimes <coughs> in Catholic churches, people just walk in the building because they're usually open any time, any day, and they just kind of walk in and just silently meditate. And some people, they light candles and 
some people like you come on Saturday and pray and some people come on Sunday and pray and some people I can imagine when they're driving their vehicle, they'll pray. Some people, as, before they start their, their job or after their job, they pray. Some of you moms and dads, you pray for your kids in the morning and at night, right? I imagine we have different ways of praying and in, in, in Romans 8 is really clear. I think it's Romans 8. God knows how to interpret our thoughts. Whether you want to officially start with Jesus or do you start it with God the Father? And God, God knows what communication is. Imagine what it would have been like for those homeless people that some of your stuff and some of your money bought as Brian and Brian Sushi, sure as representatives of Crosswalk, but as representatives of Jesus. They were in this community as it, it was getting 15 below zero. And I thought, man, I feel like I'm back in Montana again. It was, it was cold out there. Texted my family, ooh, it's, I feel like I'm back in Montana. They said, well, not quite. It's 30, 40 below. And where I was born, it was 60 below. <laughs> no exaggeration. Looked at my phone. I'm like, whoa, 59, 60 below. But anyway, it's cold enough here. Imagine some of those homeless people in their own way, in their own unique way, in their own unique place, because they didn't have a hot house and they didn't have a nice vehicle. But wherever they were at, whatever they were doing, in their own unique way, they probably prayed, man, ooh, Lord, God heard that. Oh, Lord, I wish I could get something to stay warm. Was that an official prayer? I bet you God thought so. And he sent Brian, he sent Sushi, he sent the other Brian with sleeping bags and, and, and yeah, gloves, coats. That some of you in the plate goes by, yeah, yeah, let, let, let's put in 20 bucks. And like in the Bible with the widow's mite, you never know what your money will do. $8 pair of gloves, a $10 coat. And like it says in the Bible, you know, in, in, in the Gospels, when Jesus was telling that parable, and, and some people say, well, I, when, when did I feed the homeless? When did I visit someone in prison? When, uh, when did I do that? The Holy Spirit did it through your motives and desires as you gave your money and it shifted to Brian and Sushi and Brian and it just found its way into a... a a sleeping bag or a coat and it found itself to someone in downtown Dallas who was trying to stay warm and it was 15 below zero in a gift as God is giving gifts to us to bless us but also continue through us to continue to bless and help other people because God likes to give amen God likes to give to you. Our heaters don't work when it gets below 40. So we have coats and sweaters so we can stay warm in here. And God blessed us and he gave us carpet and he gave us chairs. And God gave us a nice stage and he painted the place. And God is giving us lots and lots of wonderful, wonderful stuff. God loves to be generous. He wants us to be as excited you might be really into Christmas. You might not. It's not the point. The part that stuck in my mind is, is this little eight-year-old boy was so excited that his sisters 
would get a gift. Not just himself, but somebody else. And it, I, I think that God wants us to be that excited about going to God. Knowing that if we go to God with our prayer requests, with excitement and belief, like a little eight-year-old on Christmas morning, that we're supposed to do that. Knowing that God is more generous than our parents and our grandparents and our siblings and our friends and our spouses, all combined. God is much more generous. And even people that are, you know, that do the whole Christmas thing and the presents, you do it once a year. God says, man, I'm going to do this every day of your life. If you look up the word gift in the, in, the, in the dictionary, it says given freely without payment in return. If you look up the word gift in the Bible, you'll see lots of things, but primarily you'll see Jesus. You'll see Jesus. And then lots of wonderful stuff that flows out as a result of the gift of Jesus. Like uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, if you want to turn with me in f- to that section. We've been doing a series on the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. Paul wrote to the new believers in Ephesus, By grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift. It's God's gift to you. Not a result of your works, so that no one may boast. It's God's gift. We are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God himself prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And it's all God's gift. God is such a giver. As it says in James chapter 1, verse 17, all good gifts come from God. All good gifts come from God. And since it's Christmas Eve and it's church, I thought it'd be good for us to take a look at some of these gifts, look at a few more of them. So if you want to either, I've got it paraphrased on the screen, or if you want to turn in your Bible or your smartphone, you can follow along or just listen as I read a few. Psalms 23. Psalms 23 gives us, mentions a few of the gifts from God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Another place you can find some wonderful gifts from God if you're feeling that you'd like some gifts. Isaiah 53 Isaiah 53, 1 through 6, fantastic, fantastic little uh, section of of verses come Christmas time. Isaiah 53, 1 through 6, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up like a tender shoot. This is referring to little baby Jesus. He grew up like a little tender plant like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, no appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and grief. And like one with whom men hid their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. 
Surely, though, our griefs he, he bore, he carried, our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was pierced through for our sins and transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising or the discipline for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging and being whipped, we get healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned our own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Colossians 1 13 is another wonderful, wonderful gift that God wants to be giving to humanity. Colossians 1, 13. Wonderful gift. He doesn't just reserve for this time of the year. Colossians 1, 13. For God rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. Another wonderful verse. Old Testament again, Deuteronomy 31, 8. Deuteronomy 31.8, kind of memorized this one back when I was younger. It just has always been a verse I appreciated. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. Got a new year coming. It's nice to know God goes ahead of us, amen? Remember back in th- uh, three, years and a th- uh, three years and one month ago, I was hired to be the pastor here. And, and, you know, you probably had thoughts, and I had thoughts, <clears throat> and, um, but I would imagine if, 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 if you wrote down those thoughts, and so did I, not a single person, that was what, three years ago would have been 2019, right? 2019, November 1st. I would bet my house, not that I gamble or encourage account, uh, gambling, but just for the illustration, none of you, including me, November 1st, new pastor, write down five pages of what you think's coming. None of us would have wrote down, oh, well, I bet in three months it's going to be COVID. I mean... The entire world shut, in America, we're drunk on money. Everybody shut down the economy. Who saw that coming? Puts things in perspective when it says in Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you in all ways. Wonder what's coming this next year. Well, we don't have to worry about it. The Lord is going ahead of us. And not only does he... I mean, man, he's amazing. We need a better word than God. He's just like, he can be with us and he's ahead of us. How does he do that? I don't know, but he can. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you and he'll be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you or fail you. So don't be afraid or discouraged. What a gift. What a gift. Here's another gift. Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. This one would have applied well with our Sabbath school class we were having this morning over here in this little circle. Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no, zero, nada. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a gift. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Regardless of what you've done, God's well aware of it. 
Jesus is not Santa Claus. Yes, he knows what you've done, whether you're naughty or nice, but God, with God, if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. What a gift. Jeremiah 31, 3. Some of you probably have this memorized. It's an oldie but a goodie. Jeremiah 31, 3, another wonderful gift God has given to all humanity if we accept his gift. Jeremiah 31, 3. Jeremiah the prophet writes, The Lord appeared from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Not just on Christmas, not just on Easter, not just when you come in the building, not just when you did something good, not just when you clothed the homeless, but God loves with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with everlasting kindness. That's God. 1 Peter 2.24, another fantastic gift he's giving to humanity if we accept it. 1 Peter 2.24, Peter writes, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Another wonderful, life-changing gift. A couple of them there. Back to Jeremiah again. Two, three more here. Who doesn't like Christmas presents? Amen? Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. God writes through Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good, not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Then when you call upon me, when you come and pray to me, I will listen to you. Imagine that. Just like that little eight-year-old boy drew. He knew, boy, if he he shared what he wanted, his parents would get him some of it. You know, what what do we call that, Shireen? She's our our prayer coordinator for the church. You make these booklets, right? And we call them, it's a really fancy church name. It's a really fancy church name. We call it a prayer journal. You write something down. Uh, Lulu would like some prayer requests because she's having some challenges with her heart. And that's a genuine prayer request at the moment. Uh, um, Felipe could use a prayer request <clears throat> because he's, uh, he's visiting his dad in Puerto Rico. His health's not good. Um, you can put down in your own little book and call it what you like. You know, our prayer coordinators call it a prayer book, but anytime we have a prayer, you want to write about it, take a picture, just think it, just mention it. We're supposed to have prayers and ask God and be just as crazy, not all put together and, you know, slow and concerned and just perfect, churchy. We're supposed to be like that little kid who's just had a little bit too much candy and chocolate. This is like, whoa, my word. Yeah, that's my boy. That was me when I was a kid. Man, that's exciting. We're supposed to be that excited when we talk to Jesus and ask for stuff. He tells us, ask for stuff. Do stuff with Christmas. Don't do stuff with Christmas. I don't really care. It's up to you and your family. I'm talking about Jesus. 
Jesus' plan is for you to be as excited as the little kids to have Christmas every day of your life. Knowing that God cares, he gives better gifts than you've ever gotten in your life. They're free and they, they fit perfectly. And, and, and it goes back to this little eight-year-old Drew. Do you think your parents care? Especially the Father in heaven. And when you ask, do you think you're going to get some of it? Drew was like, yeah, man. Woo, this could be right there. He's going to put it by the tree. I don't know why. There's something about a tree. And apparently God felt the same way. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's get a tree. And it just, well, there's not much on that tree because they were kind of broke. But so they didn't have all the fancy lights and tinsel. And, but I don't want him to miss it. So let's just, let's just nail the, this little old school. Let's just get a few nails and just nail it up there so anybody who walked by the tree wouldn't miss the gift. I don't want anybody to miss this now. And, and, and you know, sometimes if the lights are bright, it helps you pay attention to it. And, and God was kind of poor at the moment, so he's like, you know, there's no electricity as they're killing Jesus. So he said, hey, let's just spill some blood around because you know, have you ever noticed when you're driving on the interstate, when there's a wreck, everybody slows down. It's five lanes over going the other direction, but everybody slows down because they want to look, right? God is aware of that. He's like, hey, I'm going to nail Jesus to this thing. We're going to spill a lot of blood here because if we do, it'll make people look. Because God's a giver. He wants to give you gifts every day of your life for eternity. Don't have to take my name for it. Look at another verse here. Gifts aren't done yet. God's generous. John 6, 40. John 6, 40. Who knew you'd be getting so many presents at church? Amen? John 6, 40. Again, the words of Jesus. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 40. Uh, Jesus said this. Uh, for this is the will of my Father in heaven, that everyone, please put your name in there, everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life. And Jesus said, I myself will raise them up and bring them back to life in that last day. What a gift. What a gift. Here's another verse, Matthew 1, 21, another wonderful verse, especially this time of year, lots of people probably have memorized, Matthew 1, 21, Matthew 1, 21, <clears throat> she shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What a gift. God's best gift is Jesus. He'll do lots of stuff for us. He'll keep you around for eternity if you let him keep giving you gifts. He'll take away your sins, your bad habits, your hang-ups if we let him. What a gift. For free. We don't have to stand in line. You don't... You don't have to pinch a tent and, you know, Black Friday. 
You don't have to get on Amazon and try to spend a couple hundred dollars. You just, all kinds of gifts right here. They're free. A friend of mine, her name's Carmen, she called me and she was sharing how God was doing some of this in her life. And uh, uh, it's a different story for a different day. Uh, Shireen knows her, but um, none of you know her. <laughs> if you knew the whole story, it'd be even more eye-opening because she was ready to quit at one point. <clears throat> um, I, I still remember we were under the carport at the church and and, and she had been doing it herself all these years. She was very faithful and quite a, if, if you'd look at a, a, a picture of a female church member who's a leader and just uh, consistent and reliable and something needs but to be done, man, not only is she there, she's there first. She opens up. She organizes it. She has a list for everybody to do stuff. And, 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 and she would finish up. She was very, very active. She was just kind of missing a lot of Jesus is a nice way to put it. And so one day we were out under the carport and uh, she had told me that she was going to quit, and, uh, which I said is another story for another day, but she was going to quit. And uh, anyway, part of the longer story is I said, well, let's, you know, it sounds terrible if you don't know the whole story, but it, I said, well, how about we give Jesus a try, which I realize that's kind of, you know, uh, taboo in churches. We're all supposed to assume everybody's just flowing with Jesus. Well, she wasn't. And so, and I, I, I said it nicely, well, how about we, you know, give Jesus a try? And so she said, I'll, I'll, this will be the last thing I'll try, oh, I'll, I suppose. And so she was one of the honest members who at least knew where she was and knew she was lacking that. So she would try giving Jesus a try, which if any of you met her back then, you all would have assumed like every other church member and every other church around the world that everybody's floating in Jesus that happens to be sitting in church, which isn't reality. Um, but anyway, um, so fast forward, she had stumbled upon Jesus and accepted the gift of Jesus, and she made it a habit to do it every day of her life, not just at Christmas, praise the Lord. And so she'd called me, and she said, oh, um, I used to be a church member of mine and no longer. And uh, she said, oh, she said, uh, my, my kids have grown. She had three of them with her husband, and they're back at school. She said, I just feel like God's wanting me to go back to work and go to this craft store to, to serve and help. And, you know, when it's appropriate, share Jesus. And I said, oh, great. So she did. And uh, uh, she didn't normally eat lunch, and she just worked, worked, worked. She's a real hard worker. And a good educated, uh, good education, um, hardworking, consistent, reliable, great employee, um, and so anyway, she, she took a lunch, and uh, she was going to the, she was in one of the strip malls, and in the strip mall was the craft store. Right next door was a big grocery store. So she's going over to the, get some food, and um, this homeless man, thinking of the story earlier with, with the Brian and Brian and Sushi, uh, there's this homeless man who came up to her and said, oh, please, do you, you have, you know, some money? And Carmen is thinking, well, you know, better to give food or something they need, like, you know, clothes or something, and not just money. Plus, she didn't have any. And uh, it reminds me of the person in the book of Acts. I think it was Peter, when, the guy in the steps who was asking for money. And they're like, hey, we, we, we don't have any. Uh, but we'll give you what we have. And so that was Carmen. She said, well, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I have. She said, I do have a credit card. She said, I'm going to go inside. I was going to get food for me. I'll get some for you. I'll buy you food, and I'll even buy food for your dog because the homeless person had a dog. She said, I'll buy food for you and your dog. So she went in there. She's getting food for the dog and this homeless person. 
And she was done, and she's coming out. And, and her manager, of the, where she worked at the craft store, um, walks by, and she says, oh, Carmen, what are you doing? So she said, you know, what she was doing. And she just, you know, you could tell, she kind of nodded her head, and some, something was happening in here with the manager. And, uh, but at the moment, Carmen didn't think a lot about it. She was trying to help the homeless person and the dog and get a little food herself and get back to work. And anyway, that night, um, I don't know the famous, you know, the fancy name for it, but some work blog or site or something where, where they're, the people who work at that craft store all can communicate on there on this site. Anyway, so for whatever reason, Carmen got on there and she noticed her manager. She noticed her manager had been just firing away in this, this work blog site posting thing about how awesome Carmen was. And, and, and on how Carmen was doing this for the homeless person and the dog. And she continued, oh, how amazing Carmen was. What an employee. I mean, it's just like, if it was a balloon, it was just like, <laughs> and Carmen's just like, well, you know, making Carmen sound like she's just bigger than life and amazing. And, but Carmen had stumbled upon Jesus and Carmen knew better. Those of you who've been to the Christ and Me seminar, you realize the first step is Jesus says he likes you. And the second step Jesus does, what does he do, Ranjit? Jesus gets rid of your biggest problem. And that is me, myself, and I. And when Jesus died at the cross, who died? We died. Last time I checked, dead people don't do good stuff. Dead people don't feed the homeless. Dead people don't hand out bread. Dead people don't fly to Puerto Rico to encourage people. Dead people don't go to hospitals. Dead people don't do those things. Jesus living in you does those things. And so Carmen didn't get this proud, puffed-up head like, well, I am quite the employee. Come Monday, I'll ask for a raise. Thank you. It's a very American thing to do. Amen. Well, it helps the family. And I... Carmen had grown. She knew it wasn't Carmen because Carmen was buried in Christ. As Paul said in the Bible, I die daily. It's Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20, the life I live, I simply live by faith. It's Christ who lives in me. I've been crucified. It is not I. When you see good stuff, it's not the person. It's Christ in and through them. So she read this on their little church site. And of course, you know, she's human. She thought, well, that was nice. I appreciate that. But then she felt, you know, well, God sent me here for a reason. So she sent something, but just short and appropriate, nothing five pages and sending them to one blog or another, but just very in the moment and relational. She's all, oh, thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate that. It's nice to be around people who appreciate you. Amen. I mean, even atheists and agnostics and Christians, it's, it's nice to be appreciated. And she said, oh, thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate that. But she said, you know, just a few words, maybe a sentence or so. She said, I've been learning. She said, I've been learning to, to let God, oh, how did she put it here? Um, I think I may even have it in my notes. How did she put it? She said, um, she said, oh, thank you for the kind words, something to this effect. But I can't take the credit. Um, she said she's learning to let God help her meaning she's learning to let God crucify her and let Jesus live in her. She's, she's learning to let God help her and help other people 
through her. One of the things that made it really impactful, at least for them, was a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, When she's starting to write this out, she remembered. She didn't think about it earlier, but she remembered. She used to work for the same craft store, the exact same craft store, and the same owner, and the same manager 13, approximately 13 years ago before she had kids and stayed home to take care of her kids. And she remembered meeting the manager and the manager's daughter, who unfortunately is very human like us and some of our families. And, and the manager's daughter got caught up in some bad habits and hanging around some bad people. And it ended up getting so, um, oh, how, how can you say it? It went to a bad place, so the manager quit communicating with the daughter and even kicked her out of the house. And on that blog, the manager, uh, finally Carmen's remembering a conversation in a relationship. She met the manager's daughter 13 years ago. She's finally remembering because in the blog, the manager had wrote, I hope that someone out there, because she still hadn't seen her daughter in all these years, she said, I hope someone's treating my daughter as good as you just treated that homeless person and their dog. She was hoping somebody would be treating her daughter as good as Carmen just treated that homeless person and their dog. You never know when your coat, your gloves, the bread, your offerings, your prayer, you never know when you're doing stuff in Jesus and who it's helping and how it's helping them. God is a giver of gifts. James 1.17 says, all good gifts come from God. As I said earlier, Humans like to give gifts and receive them, whether it's your birthday, whether you get married, whether it's a a home opening, whether it's Christmas. People just like to give and receive gifts. And and we typically, you know, we don't know everybody and we don't have endless amounts of money, so we tend to just give to a few people that we know really well and are really close to, right? Right? God has the time, ability, and desire to give gifts to every human being and keep giving them every single day. The gift of life, breathing, warmth, laughter, a job, an income, a spouse, healthy children, bodies that recover from surgeries, you can keep growing tall, Sadness, heart issues, forgiveness. God keeps giving us gifts every day. But you know, every time I come around Christmas, I'm reminded uh, here again, regard, you know, we can all kind of think of the actual American Christmas in your own way. But if you bear me, with me for the analogy, if you think of one of the, the, one of the trees here, and let's say you and one other person are the mom and dad and let's say all of you uh, are married, there's a mom and a dad, and everybody has, say, three kids, and they're all adult kids. And the mom and dad worked, worked really hard, and you earned money, and you sacrificed, and you bought some presents, and you put them at the tree, 
and then you communicated with all three of your kids. Let's say three or four. We'll say three. You communicate with all three of your kids, whether you call, text, email, whatever, and, and they're all in another state, and you communicate with your kids. Man, mom and dad worked really hard. We earned some money. We sacrificed. We bought presents. They're here at the house. They're under the tree. If you'll just come back for Christmas, <coughs> if you'll just come back for Christmas, and, and open, we got presents for you. Let's say one of them, now, <coughs> too busy. We're doing our thing in California. No, not going to make it. <coughs> the other two showed up. Person number two opens up the present and they're like, this is it? And then when you go back home two days later, you left the present. I mean, you didn't even bring it home. I mean, not only were you disappointed, you were so disappointed, you want to make it clear to mom and dad, hey, I left the present because I don't want this again. I don't like the present. But person number three, child number three, came home, opened the present, grabbed and said, oh man, for me, that's Jesus. God worked for salvation, not us. He sacrificed. He put the gift at a tree and whether you want to say prayer, parents, friends, pastor, elders, church, Bible, whatever you want to call it, God's communicating to you that there's something there. Do you want it? Lots of gifts. And they're all in the, there's one package, it's called Jesus. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave. There's one present, it's called Jesus. <coughs> And it was just a little teeny, little innocent baby. But if you accept that one gift through Jesus, there's endless gifts. And he'll give it to us every single day of our entire life. But it only works. Like the parents with the three kids, it only works when God communicates. If you trust him and care and appreciate enough to show up, open up the gift and, and appreciate it. Otherwise, we'll miss it. And God doesn't want us to miss it. So I, it's my hope and my prayer in the middle of all your family fun this weekend. And I genuinely hope you have a wonderful time with your family, whatever you have planned. But in the middle of your family fun, I hope that you remember the best gift you will ever get won't fit under the tree. It doesn't come with a bow God nailed it to the tree and it's just covered in red blood. It's Jesus. John 3.16 in closing as the singers want to come forward as they close. John 3.16 For God so loved you that he gave God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. God loves us so much. What a gift. That gift 
is called Jesus. Jesus.